Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Well, here we go again. Uh, third straight week, we're looking at severe weather. Um, listen, there's going to be severe weather over the next few days, but I don't think the severe weather is going to be as damaging and certainly, let's say, not as widespread as what we've had over the last few weeks. You're listening to the Weather Insider for April 4th. It is Monday. And uh, Pash, well, it starts this afternoon uh, across uh, central Texas. Now, the upper level energy. That's uh, on the southern side of the upper low coming into the northwest. It's not as strong, but you know what? It's strong enough, and it will be strengthening tonight into tomorrow. So there's no doubt there is going to be severe weather across parts of Texas and the central Gulf Coast states later today and tonight. Yeah, and again, I think the, the message to drive home here is it is a severe weather threat, but it's nowhere near as significant as last week or the week before that. But even still... You know, all modes of severe weather are on the table here. There's a tornado threat. There's a wind threat. There's a hail threat. I think there's even a a small flash flooding component to this also. But I think this is primarily going to be a damaging wind event. It looks like there could be some large hail in Texas. But aside from that, not really looking at at hail as the primary threat here. Yeah, I mean, it looks like when the storms form this afternoon around five, six o'clock, that's going to be your best threat for tornadoes or your higher threat for tornadoes. And hail. Listen, anytime thunderstorms form in central Texas, you're going to get hail. That's like the the hail capital of the world. Actually, Colorado is, but West Texas is not too central Texas and too far behind. Then it looks like the thunderstorms go more linear where they're organized in lines. That's where you have the damaging wind threat. And the one thing I was also looking at the low level jet, you know, I, I constantly talk about that. That seems to strengthen during the overnight hours. So those thunderstorms aren't going to diminish. Perhaps, perhaps they're not at severe weather um, criteria during the overnight, but I wouldn't wouldn't bank on that. That then goes across southern parts of Arkansas, northern Louisiana by tomorrow morning. And then that whole area moves east tomorrow. It looks like the severe weather threat Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia is from I-20, between I-20 and I-10. It's a smaller area. I think the tornado threat is lower, as you talked about. I think it's mostly damaging winds. But the other thing that concerns me, just the way the upper level flows from west to east, I do think that the flash flood threat increases tomorrow. Whereas you're right, I don't think there's a whole lot of problems with that tonight. But I think tomorrow's a different day with that. Yeah, I would say the storms do look pretty ugly overnight. I mean, they are going to be weakening after, say, midnight, 1, 2 a.m., but I feel like until that point, they still look like they're going to pack quite a punch, at least how they're being modeled. And they do look to weaken a little bit, perhaps, in the morning on Tuesday, but I do still think that this is probably going to be kind of an all-day severe weather threat again on Tuesday, where you could have storms that are going severe during the morning hours, mid to late morning, and then, of course, blossoming during the afternoon. And I do agree that 
tomorrow the flash flooding threat does look a little bit more significant than today, especially with some of the same areas kind of getting hit week after week. So Mm -hmm. I think that also factors into that, but it does look like some really impressive rain is on the way. Just to give everybody some, some context, the, yeah, I was talking about the low level jet last week with the severe weather and the week before we were looking at a large area where the low level jet winds at around 5,000 feet were between 60 and 70 knots. With this event, it's mostly between 40 and 50. There's a small area of 60. So I, that's why I think, listen, there's going to be severe weather with this. The reason that Pash and I are talking about that it's not as large or it's not as great because it's in a smaller area. It's not widespread um, over the coupling days. And then, by the way, we have an upper low that's coming into the northwest. We're <laughs> going to get feet of snow through the Washington and Oregon passes through tomorrow. But that upper low then brings a frontal boundary on Wednesday and the Thursday, Wednesday afternoon. And I think with that front, there's the risk, albeit I still think it's a lower risk Wednesday of severe weather in the southeast and what we're going to see tomorrow. But severe weather nonetheless. And then behind that patch, as you were talking about beforehand, it's going to get chilly in the southeast as we head in, especially Friday and into the upcoming weekend. Yeah, I was looking at some of the anomalies here as we head towards Friday and Saturday of this coming week. And boy, it looks quite chilly, kind of Tennessee Valley area on south. You could see temperature anomalies 10 to 20 degrees below normal for this time of year. And I think that especially for some of the southeastern areas, it's going to be chilly in the northeast and the Midwest, too. But I think in the southeast this is going to pose a concern for frost and freeze, especially for any kind of, you know, sensitive vegetation, because down there we're starting to get into the growing season now. Yeah. And just to give an idea, I was looking at Atlanta uh, as we head into like Friday uh, and Saturday and we have temperatures in the middle 50s on Saturday. And to give you some context on that, middle 50s in Atlanta is normal for early February. Hmm. So that's, uh, it's going to be cold, no doubt about it. Um, But the the good news with that, since you have so much cold, the severe weather threat is over for the rest of the week, at least in the Southeast. But the problem is, as we get in the next week, I see a big trough coming into the Western U.S. Mm -hmm. And when you have a big trough coming into the West, you're going to get severe weather a few days down the road in the plains. So I I, I don't think we will escape the severe weather next week. But instead of it being like we've seen it early, middle part of the week, it may late until the end of the week. Yeah, here we go again. I mean, week in, week out. This is how we're starting off. April. That's how it's been for the last couple of weeks of March. And we're going to continue to track it here. It's a great time, by the way, to download our free AccuWeather app. If you turn on your push notifications there, you can get alerts about severe warnings in your area, whether that be severe thunderstorm warnings or tornado warnings or even flash flood warnings. So again, great time to download that and stay up to date with all that information. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Weather Insider. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'd love to hear your feedback so we can make our podcasts as engaging as possible. If you could spare 15 minutes, please go to AccuWeather.com and fill out our online survey. Your help is much appreciated. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.